This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 41 is brought to you by Blueberry Markets. Oh boy, if you are not trading right now, I feel really bad for you. Everything is great. Forex, stocks, metals, all of it. And you could trade all of those things on the broker with the world's best customer service, that is Blueberry Markets. If this interests you, here's what you do. Go down to the show notes, click the Blueberry Markets link that takes you to the blog. The blog keeps you updated on everything you need to know. At the bottom of that blog is your magic link. Click the magic link and you will not only get a cash bonus just for signing up, you will also get your own native English speaking customer service representative should anything go wrong. And if you've been in this game long enough, you know something always does go wrong. This offer is only available for people outside of the United States. If you are inside of the United States, check the show notes as well. I have something for you. It is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. And if you don't follow me on Twitter or you don't follow the RSS feed on nonsenseforex.com, you probably don't know the No Nonsense Forex blog is back. And it's not going to be like it used to be. It's going to be more kind of updating you on things that are going on that I'm seeing that maybe you're not seeing. And if we're able to see these things ahead of time, then we can better come up with a solution before everybody else does. That's what contrarian investing is all about. And I had put out two blogs this week. The first one was a very long one. It was kind of your 2022 survival guide. Um, you know, if you're not paying attention, letting you know some of the things that are going on and some of the effects they are likely to have. Uh, most of them are not good. Depending on where you live in the world, it's going to be varying degrees of bad. Um, but what I say in the blog, and what I always say, is the two people that hits the worst are the poor and the unprepared. So we do our best to make sure you are not in either category. Uh, but then the second blog expanded on a point I made in the first blog, and that is the what's pretty much going to be an imminent food crisis globally. And this was getting spoken about long before the war in Ukraine actually broke out, uh, meaning it was almost a foregone conclusion regardless. Uh, but the war has done nothing but make all of this worse especially because we don't know how long it's going to go or what the ripple effects are going to be. None of that yet. But what I thought we would do today is take some time to go over one of the ways you can actually profit from something like this. Now, again, thankfully, I don't have these type of people who listen to my podcast, uh, but they pop up every once in a while. Understand, once again, we are not profiteering from tragedy. This is simply doing what we always do. We try to recognize where the puck is going and invest in places that will benefit from that. Wall Street's going to do it. People out there fighting for their own survival, they're going to do it. This is just how the market goes sometimes. And with this particular upcoming tragedy, this is not something that happens overnight. This is something that takes pretty much a, a planting and harvest season to fully realize, and we haven't had that quite yet. You might notice a run on grocery stores now, depending on where you are simply because people are preparing for it. Um, but this will not be taking center stage for months, in all likelihood. Especially because the war is taking center stage now. 
Now, the media loves to do nothing more than scare the crap out of you, so you will keep watching the media. And what a perfect thing to talk about. Uh, Not just war, but people running out of food. And I want you to keep this in mind, too. All of this is happening while we are having an energy crisis, a supply chain crisis, a shipping crisis, and a fertilizer crisis all at the same time. So expect this to be a thing, just not yet. Which means um, there are some bargains out there in the market that have already gone up. But if this is what we fear it might be, I personally think a lot of what we're going to talk about today has a long way to go. Not financial advice, don't do anything I say. But what exactly are we talking about today? Well, there's so many different directions you can go when it comes to food investing. Um, We could probably take the next 20 episodes just talking about all the inputs that go into farming, for example. Um, We could spend the next five episodes simply talking about soft commodities and crops. Um, But what I thought we would do today is do what we did back in episode 19. Episode 19, if you don't recall, was where we talked about broad-based commodities ETFs, a really good way to kind of cover everything to where no matter what goes up in the future, you know, we benefit from it in some way. So we will be talking about broad agricultural ETFs on this episode, the same way we talked about broad-based commodities ETFs back in episode 19. And by the way, if you partook in any of those ETFs we spoke about on that episode, you are pretty happy right now. You didn't get 100% of the upside as you would if you simply invested in that one particular commodity that went crazy or the two or the three. But again, you're pretty happy right now. And as somebody who doesn't really pay attention to soft commodities himself, uh, this is going to be my preferred direction to travel in this particular sector. Now understand as well, as is the case with soft commodities, if any of you have played in this space before, you know there are a number of instruments out there that deal with futures contracts. This is something I have particularly avoided in the past, not because they're bad, just because I don't have a great understanding of them. And there are usually other options out there that I understand better. And I don't think you should ever invest in something you don't fully understand. But fear not. Even if an ETF is just full of futures contracts that roll over and you don't quite understand it, you can always call the issuer Talk to Investor Relations, and they will be happy to explain it to you. I've done this many times. I am probably on a first-name basis with a handful of issuers out there right now. It is an easy phone call, and they explain these things to dum-dums like us for a living. So please don't be afraid to do one electron of due diligence on your end and make that phone call if you think it's necessary. But let's go ahead and get into these ETFs now. Now, the first one we will start with is the one you will probably hear the most of on financial news media. Now, does this mean it's the best one? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no, like uh, GLD, for example, which we've talked about, the gold ETF that everybody talks about on financial news is not a very good instrument at all. We broke that down in a previous episode. Uh, So even though the largest ones do have the most liquidity, it doesn't always mean it's the best choice out there. It doesn't mean it's the best choice for you. Uh, That being said, let's start with number one on this list, 
and that is going to be Invesco's DB Agriculture ETF, ticker symbol DBA. Now, the moment we unwrap this one, we see some very interesting things. So first of all, this is going to be mostly uh, commodities contracts, such as coffee, corn, sugar, soybeans, hogs, livestock, things like that. Um, you do see a couple of Invesco uh, treasury bonds mixed in as well. You will see this from time to time. Um, but those are all kind of in the 4.5% to 7.5% range when it comes to what makes up this ETF. Sitting in first place at 24% of what this ETF is made up of is something called in the Invesco short-term INV, Government and Agency, INSTL. It has its own ticker symbol, AGPXX. But I don't know what this is. And it makes up almost a quarter of this entire ETF. Now, this is not really a problem. I just want to know what it is. This is where my money is going. You know, I can't just look the other way on this one. So what you would do here is what I told you to do before. Go to the issuer. Talk to Investor Relations. I tried doing that this week for the show, but they would not return my calls. It's the first week they have not been able to do that. Not super surprising. Um, these ETFs have been going crazy the last couple of weeks. Um, but if you want the biggest dog in the yard and you want something that's super liquid, this is going to be where you want to go, but you should also understand what you're buying. So we'll kind of stay in the same family and talk about the Tucrium ETFs. Tucrium, you probably are going to hear a lot about as well going forward because they have individual ETFs for just about every crop out there. Um, they're very easy and straightforward, and that's what most people like. Um, their wheat ETF, ticker symbol WEAT, has been in the news lately for obvious reasons. Um, but these are nothing more than contracts that roll over just in one particular category except for the one ETF that they offer that covers everything. It's the Tucrium Agricultural Fund, ticker symbol T-A-G-S, TAGS. And it is very straightforward. You're pretty much getting a quarter allocation to soybeans, corn, wheat, and sugar. Super simple, um, but unlike a lot of their offerings that only highlight one particular commodity, the market cap on this one is pretty small. People have not really discovered it yet. Uh, so as always, be careful with those. But, you know, as is the case with a lot of cryptocurrencies, even with a smaller market cap, it often has a longer way to travel uh, should it go up. And when you're dealing with something this simple with so few moving parts and all of those moving parts get more expensive, ETF go up. Now, let's move on to our third one, uh, a really intriguing one, in my opinion. It is, and I don't remember it all, so I have to read it, the IPATH Series B Bloomberg Agricultural Sub-Index Total Return ETN, ticker symbol JJA. Now, if you currently play in the commodities ETF space, you are probably pretty familiar with the ones that start with JJ, uh, because some of these have been some home runs in the past. You have JJT, which is the ETF for 10, uh, JJC, which I think we've talked about before on the, the YouTube channel, which is the ETF for copper. And recently, JJN, the ETF for nickel, has been a pretty big deal. Uh, now, this one, of course, is JJA, which is, of course, agriculture. And this one is super easy on the surface. Um, it's right there in the name. 
all it does is track the Bloomberg Agricultural Sub-Index. And with just a couple small fees, you're pretty much investing in that. Now, again, you should know what that is, too, instead of just closing your eyes and investing in it. Uh, it also has its own ticker symbol, uh, B-C-O-M-A-G. And I can roughly go over it for you. You're pretty much getting coffee, corn, cotton, soybeans, soybean products, sugar, and wheat. And as is always the case with these, you are dealing with futures contracts. You know, there is no other really good way that I know of to take part in these without investing in futures contracts. So just know what you're getting into. There's always little surprises around the corner. Just make sure they're not bad surprises. And you can buy and hold these things if you want. You know, even though they are most commonly used as trading vehicles, many people do hold them for a longer period of time. And with these, they have done quite well. So finally, in North America, before we start going overseas... Um, you don't have to go directly with commodities exposure here to get the upside of an agricultural ETF. You can invest into all of the other things that go into agriculture itself. Because yes, those things tend to go up too in this environment. And if you want to travel in this direction, uh, the largest fund here is going to be the Vanek Agribusiness ETF. With everybody's favorite ticker symbol, ticker symbol MOO. And because I'm 13 years old, I still cannot look at this one without laughing because I keep thinking of Celebrity Jeopardy. What is the sound a doggy makes? Sean Connery. Moo. If you don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube it. But with this one, you are getting a little more of an equal weight into things like John Deere, Tyson Foods, uh, Zoetis, which is like animal hospital type stuff, uh, Nutrien, which is fertilizer, I know that, Bear tractor supply, things like that. And for once, you're not dealing with futures contracts. Now, there are plenty of agricultural ETFs out there, even ones that would fit this episode, but those are the top four in my book, and I think they offer a nice range of things for you. Now, there's one solid offering over in the UK that I saw, and that's going to be ticker symbol AGAP, and this is going to do pretty much exactly what JJA does. Follows the Bloomberg Agricultural Sub-Index. Easy peasy. Now, over in Australia, you have a really nice ETF with the ticker symbol FOOD, food. And this is also very easy. It is the Australian equivalent of ticker symbol MOO. So you're doing a lot more with the equipment and the services that go into agriculture itself. But you would, of course, be dealing with more of what you would see over in Australia as far as companies go. Uh, now, again, there are probably other options for both of these exchanges, but these are the ones that I found that were the most widely available, had the best market cap, and were easy to explain. Now, as I said before, everything I have mentioned on this show has already gone up to some degree, uh, but if we have what I think we are going to have, this is just the tip of the iceberg with these things, unfortunately. Uh, but most people are not proactive, they are reactive. And the majority of people have not reacted yet. But just like the two blogs this week have pointed out, um, the potential for this to get really bad is fairly high, unfortunately. And if the 2020s have not been maddening enough, looks like our world is about to get a bit more crazy. So we might as well be early. <laughs>